Welcome to the Breakthrough Maze, where anonymous callers are invited to share their greatest challenges to be led to important breakthroughs that can take their life to the next level. More freedom, more power, more vitality. It can all be yours. And your host, Joe Affelbaum, is committed to helping you find your way to it. Joe offers a strong shoulder to lean on with candid insights. Breakthrough to the life you deserve. So what's going on in your life? Do you, are you feeling a, a, a sense of lack of power, a lack of self-expression, a lack of freedom? Is there anything in your life that you want to be able to take to the next level? Just reaching my company's potential, you know, feeling like we're doing everything 100%. Okay, awesome. So what I think I heard you say is that you want to reach your company's potential and make sure that you're doing everything 100%. Could you be more specific? I don't have really good roles in place for all my employees. They all do everything. And I just kind of feel like it shouldn't be like that. I was talking to a big guy at Exxon and he was just talking about processes and all these things. And I was like, man, we have that but we don't really have anything in place so that people can, can actually implement those things. Yeah, That's and a, a lot of people have the same issue, specifically in a small business. How many employees do you have? We have about 40 uh, part-time and full-time employees. So you have 40 part-time and full-time employees. And what happens is when multiple people are accountable for the same thing, then nobody's accountable for it. Everybody could be responsible, but you have to have one person that's accountable for each area in your business that's an important area. So for example, in operations, there are different aspects of operations that people can be accountable. And accountable just means who is making sure that the priority is in place and that it's being done. Who is that person that can speak up about it and can make sure that they're counting the numbers. And a lot of times it doesn't have to do with the roles necessarily. It just has to do with deciding who's going to be counting it. And do you even have priorities set up in your company? If you don't have your priorities and everyone understands what the priorities are and then you have an alignment, there's a saying that alignment is not an event. Alignment is a process. It's an ongoing process that needs to happen for us. Every single Monday morning, we gather the entire company and we have an alignment. So everybody's on the same page. And then at four o'clock, the whole company gets together for a full hour and we discuss specific issues for that week. So if you don't have very specific company priorities and everyone's just setting their own goals and going, it's going to be very hard for everyone to row in the same direction. Could you imagine if you're on a rowboat and one person's rowing this way and the other person's rowing that way, the boat's probably going to go make circles. For me to be able to get my company aligned and for me to learn these, I had to read books. Do you spend any time reading books? Yeah, all the time. I've got an audio book, drive an hour to work, hour back. So I've always got some type of business audio book going. Have you read Traction? Yeah, I've, I listened to it once and then the, there's a rocket fuel twice. So I'm kind of getting in there trying to ingrain this in myself. Thinking that maybe I should get this for my employees too to listen to. Oh, wow. That's yeah. not something I've done yet. Yeah, I've listened to Traction and read Traction many times before I even got my team to listen to it and to read it. And when I got my team to listen to it, listen, I'm, I'm an activator. If you, did, if you ever did the Strength Finder 2.0, if you haven't done that, it's very important to go out and do that so you know what your strengths are. But I'm an activator. I know that I can start things. I know how to start things really well. I'm also very strategic. I'm futuristic. I'm competitive. I know what my strength. I'm an ideator. I can come up with really great ideas. But in terms of achieving, my admin's an achiever. My COO is an achiever. My president's an achiever. My top strategists, even the strategists here are achievers. Why? Because our competitive advantage is that we get stuff done. 
I'm not the one that's going to get the stuff done. And my team knows that I'm not going to get it done. So they don't, they empower me to be that ideator. They empower me to be the visionary, to be the person out there helping other people and supporting them. When everybody's stuck, they call the activator in. The activator knows how to get people unstuck. So if other people aren't reading traction in your organization and you're the only one doing it, you're the only one making yourself smarter, it's going to be very hard for you to get everyone on the same page. There's something called the accountability chart. And on the accountability chart, which if you read this, you know what this is, is there a list of every person's name and what they're accountable for in your organization. It'll be very hard for you to move forward if you don't have one person's name at each priority and each key performance indicator that will indicate whether or not you're doing well. If everybody's in charge of the cash, then nobody's in charge of the cash. If you're in a car and there are a few indicators that you're looking at, you're looking at your speed, you're looking at the heat, if you're overheating, if you have an old jalopy like some people I know, (laughs) or if you're looking at the gas, right? So I keep my eye on the speed because I don't want to get a ticket. And then I also keep my eye on the gas because I don't want to be stranded on the side of the road, right? So those are some indicators that I'm looking at. There are different indicators in your business that you have to be looking at and you have to have people that are on top of making sure that those indicators are being looked at and that are raising their hand. Now, if you have four people in a car and I'm not looking at the gas because I'm carried away doing what I'm doing and the person next to me says, well, you're the one that's supposed to be accountable for looking at the gas, right? And he's like, it's not my responsibility if we run out of gas. The person next to me is like, no, I don't care if it's not my responsibility. I'm going to say something if the gas is low because I don't want to get stuck on the side of the road. So the same thing, everybody has to be responsible and you have to be able to share all the numbers that are important for the organization to be able to grow. Does that make sense? Yes, definitely. Again, and these are not things that you probably don't know already. It's about getting the team to know this and getting team alignment. How often do you guys have an all-company meeting? With the office employees, like we're, we're always like communicating all day on Slack. With the weekend employees... Some of these employees, they, they work full-time jobs during the week and they just do kind of part-time on the weekend for us. Usually the, the core team, like the, the main full-time employees, we try to meet with them maybe once a month. Yeah. So look, the bottom line is there are transactional meetings and there are non-transactional meetings. During transactional meetings, when you meet with an employee or with a group of employees and you're like, hey, I need you to do X, Y, and Z, there's very little time for open communication during those times. The key is to be able to set ongoing non-transactional meetings where you could really hear a person out, whether it's through a one-on-one or a two-on-one or having group meetings where you disseminate information and make sure that people get the information. If it's just transactional, hey, everyone, I just want to let you know. But No, but then there's the priorities. Do you have set company priorities where everyone knows these are the three most important things that need to get done these 90 days? Uh, not 90 days at all. Maybe... Uh what we need to do by Friday for the weekend. So what you're doing is you're giving up on the important just for the urgent. Stephen Covey talks about this in The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. The key is for you to understand what's the most important thing for you to do in the next 90 days in order for you to get to your three-year goal, in order for you to get to your five-year goal, in order for you to get to your BHAG. If you don't even have a three-year goal set, it's time to set a three-year goal, share it with the company, and then Do what you need to do in the next 90 days in order for you to hit that goal. What you're going to do on Friday is not going to help you three years from now. It's going to help you tomorrow to pay cash flow or whatever it is that you need to do it for to put out that fire. But there's way too many fires and the fires are not going to end. The fires are never going to end. There's always going to be fires. The key is, can you build up enough resistance so that the fires don't affect your day to day? If right now you're all stressed out and you're worried about all the fires that are going on, Put some time in your calendar to really think strategy. Think on your business, 
instead of in your business. The myth talks a lot about working on your business versus in your business. And you know, you're an entrepreneur that listens to books. I'm sure you came across the concept of working on it instead of in it. And the key is not just you alone, but you with your leadership team. Spend an hour a week outside of the day-to-day craziness, outside of the mishigas, as they say in Yiddish, the mishigas. And just stand outside and look at your company. Go, go out for lunch or something and look and say, guys, what are we doing? How are we going to get out of this? How are we going to get to our goal? How are we going to take things to the next level? And they will appreciate it because during those times, they'll have peace of mind. They'll be able to really think about things that really matter. Do you have a specific goal that you know is something that really matters if you can accomplish that in the next 90 days? Because Q2 just started. We're doing good with, with getting orders in, but we're doing kind of bad with not refunding orders. There's something called a refund rate, right? Yeah. Do you measure what your percentage of your refund rate is right now? What it was last quarter, what it was last month, what it was last week, what it was yesterday? Are you looking at that number? No, but uh, I've this morning, it was, my developer told me we needed to create a report for that because he, he, he started reading some of these refund things that we do. Okay, so you could, there's a rate that you, you can make it so that you can track that. We have a dashboard, you know, who our top salespeople are, like how much the company's bringing in and, and everyone can see like who's the top people doing good and surveys and things like that. But we were in a 5,000 square foot warehouse maybe about four months ago. And we just moved to a 35,000 square foot warehouse maybe you know four months ago. Wow. Uh, so we're trying to adapt to the new place and not... We always have the excuse we don't have enough space. But now that we have the space, now, now the excuse, okay, now we don't have enough trucks, we don't have enough drivers, we don't have enough employees, and now we, we need more salespeople. How big would your business need to be in revenue in order for you to fill up this 35,000 square foot place? Where would you need to be revenue-wise in like three years from now? Probably around five, five million a year. What type of bottom line would you have if you kept your refund rate down and you, you were, it had a good margin? What would your net profit be on five million? Probably about a 1.2, 1.4. Beautiful, like a 25% margin or so. That's great. So that's really what you have on the line. In order for you to get there, you really have to share that with the team and say, hey guys, this is the stake on the ground. This is what I want to do. I want to hustle and bustle. And the team will tell you. The team will tell you. You don't have to do all the work. The team will sit around the table and they'll say, these are the things that we need to put in place. How happy would you be if three years from now comes and you're watching it happen every single day, every single week, every single month, and then you see your, your financial numbers, your $5 million in revenue at a 25% net profit. How would that make you feel? Oh man, I'd be, I'd be relieved, right? You'd be relieved. You'd be relieved. That's amazing. You wouldn't just be a relieved. You'd be like the king of the world because you set a goal that was a high in the sky dream, right? And then you just freaking crushed it. You crushed it and your team crushed it too because you know you hired people that are smarter than you because you trained them to be smarter than you, because you made them read books, because you met with them, because you allowed them to grow, because you trusted them. So they took your trust and they made you proud. And a lot of business owners don't do that. A lot of business owners are the hub and everybody else is a spoke. And as soon as they leave, everything falls apart. Don't build yourself as the hub. Let everybody else make decisions. Let everybody else delegate. If you didn't tell people this goal, this $5 million goal with a 25% profit, if you didn't paint this picture for them as the visionary of the company, how do you expect them to know where they're going? They're all just workers. They don't have the vision that you have. You had the vision to start with a 5,000 square foot and they get to 35,000 square foot. You are the visionary. It's your responsibility. And they need to hold you accountable to hold that vision in front of them. In my office, what I do is I paint the vision on the wall. 
and I make them repeat it out loud every single week, every single meeting. It's on every single agenda. The vision's there. Amazing clients, amazing employees, amazing synergy. We repeat it over and over and all our clients know it, all our employees know it. They understand our revenue goals. They understand our profit goals. They understand how we're going to do it, how many clients we need, like literally down to the minutia of what our profit ratio, our cost of goods sold needs to be. And everyone has to understand this. And we ask them and we spot check them and we test them. And if you don't do this, if you don't have this type of alignment, it's going to be very hard because profit gets lost when the process is not there. So what, what breakthrough did you have? Uh, well, we're going to have some more meetings instead of just transactional meetings. I just realized that I can't really have those meetings with everybody because right now I'd be like, you guys got to be on the phones. You know, <laughs> you guys got to, we can't have this meeting. You guys got to be on the phone. So we're probably going to need, um, of course, we're going to need more phone people smarter than me because right now I feel like I'm the, one of the smartest employees. Hub and spoke model. That's what you have. You have the hub. You're the classic hub and spoke model. You can't go on vacation. You can't do anything because everybody relies on you. When they have a question, they raise your hand, you solve their problem. Stop solving their problems. They're smarter than you. They have the answer. Well, I'm not the go-to person for, for all the, the day-to-day stuff. Um, I have people in place that, that do that. So I can take a vacation and for a couple of weeks and it, it, everything's running smoothly. But I don't really have 100% faith in the people that I do put in place to come up with a system to fix the problem permanently. They'll just come up with a solution for that one problem. I mean, the people that you have in place probably can have the refund answer for you. They could probably solve that for you if you just coach them into it, if you trust them, if you really believe in them with all your heart to create a system for it and you ask them the right questions instead of using your dogmatic method, which is you should do this, you should do that. Use a Socratic method, which is a method that they learn through discovery and that's how people truly learn. And if you can do that, that's how you're really going to be able to create breakthroughs within your organization by allowing people to find their own issues and to deal with those issues and by also creating accountability around this refund rate thing. You don't have that number up front. Everyone has to know that this is the most important number. You can get customers from today to tomorrow, but if you lose the customers, then what's the point of getting them to begin with? Yeah. You still have to spend marketing dollars for a refund rate. So a refund rate actually costs you a lot more than you think. Yeah. And, and do you do refund rate with the amount spent or the amount of customers uh, that are refunded or both? Both. I would say definitely both. But look at the one that you can control. The number that will help you be able to control your destiny, that's the number you want to look like. So you want to look at the value of it, but you also want to look like the customer. And then the reason, if you have four popular reasons, stick to those four. You might have some outliers, but for the most part, if you're getting a thousand refunds a month, and you're getting 100,000 people and 1,000 refunds a month and you want to eliminate those 1,000 refunds, there's only going to be four or five reasons why people are doing refunds. And then you could eliminate the ones that are really your fault, where you really screwed up by creating better systems and processes, delete 25% of your refund rate by fixing that process. That makes sense? Yeah. This episode of The Breakthrough Maze is brought to you by Ajax Union, a digital marketing agency based in Brooklyn, New York. Ajax Union's core focus is to support B2B companies to generate better leads, nurture those leads from the top of the funnel to the bottom line. Visit www.ajaxunion.com to learn more about our amazing offering. Thanks for listening to The Breakthrough Maze, hosted by Joe Applebaum. We hope that by listening to the journey of a stranger, you've become inspired to want a little more freedom, a little more power, and a little more vitality. 
To find out more about Joe Applebaum or this incredible public coaching session, go to www.joeapplebaum.com. Also, head over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. Help make it possible for more people to benefit from this free coaching. And leave a comment describing what you got out of this episode. <laughs>